this week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. We've got Frost Giants, we've got Ogres, we've got Trolls. The camp erupts in chaos. There's looting, there's running, there's people just, just straight up walking out of camp like, I'm gone. I'm done. But before the heroes can celebrate their victory... <laughs> I want my gun! <laughs> Give me back my gun! Oh, give, me back my gun. <laughs> give me back my gun! Oh my god, is, is that the longhouse is on fire? <laughs> Baron must undertake a reckless solo mission. Baron looks at this wizened sage's eyes and can do nothing but say, look after the rest of them, and flies off. But an even greater battle still looms. Pembroke, his eyes wrinkle as he smiles at each of you and turns and faces the door in the mountain again and like wraps his cloak around himself in the whipping wind just staring off at it the adventure continues have you gross and your gameplay is gross <laughs> and i want you out of my table no What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Glass Cannon Podcast. It's your old buddy, Troy LaValle, and I am recording this intro in the past. It's actually Friday, October 5th right now when I'm recording this, and tonight we're going to do our Doomsday Dawn Pathfinder playtest session live on Twitch with Eric Mona, but you'll have already seen that by now. And then we're going to sleep for a couple hours and get on a plane to fly out to L.A. for our brand new Glass Cannon live show on Sunday, October 7th at the Bootleg Theater where we're kicking off our Strange Aeons playthrough, but that too has already happened. I can only imagine we had a great time because that's what we do. We have good times. But that's the past. Why are we talking about the past? Let's look towards the future. Saturday, December 1st. PAX Unplugged. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love and cheesesteaks. We're coming and we're bringing Strange Aeons to you. Session number two of Strange Aeons is happening at PAX Unplugged. All you got to do is buy a ticket to the event. Tickets are still on sale and you can just come watch the show for free. Now, this is where it gets crazy. Even though we haven't recorded session one of Strange Aeons because I'm recording this in the past and you're listening to it in the future, I'm pretty excited for what's going to happen at session two, even though I don't know what's going to happen in session one, even though it's already happened. You follow me? Well, either way, Eric Moda is going to be joining us at PAX Unplugged, too. So, guys, get your ass to Philly. Get to PAX Unplugged. Get to the Leviathan Theater at 9 p.m. on Saturday, December 1st, because you do not want to miss what's gonna go down. But now, the March to 200 continues with episode 176 of the GCP. Matthew Capitacasa. Do you know what time it is? What time is it, Troy? It's time to continue the March to 200, everybody! Your thoughts, Matthew? It's true. Hashtag. <laughs> it's, factually, it's factually correct. Yeah! We got him! <laughs> we, we got are, him. We, we got him, guys. Go for it. I just, my objections is when we started it. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you're in it, you're just, you're just going with the flow. We've been marching to 200 since episode one. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> just, really just, sticking with this one, huh? Just really <laughs> sticking with this one. <sighs> Listen, you can do all kinds of hype. You can be your own hype man all you want. <laughs> this is Roe versus Wade all over again. <laughs> with you. It's really not. <laughs> really stick to your guns. Troy is. But uh, I respect that. 
Troy is absolutely his own hype man. That is, <laughs> no, that is deadly that is, accurate. That's something I discovered very early on. I love <laughs> hype. I love hype. You know who loves the hype? GCP Nation, they love hype. They sure do. They love hype. You know what else they love? What? Troy LaValle. No, get out of here. Troy, so, they love you, buddy. Tell me more. <laughs> it's re- it, it is really kind of frightening <laughs> how you've managed to do that to them. <laughs> I know. I've Dupe them all. The greatest <laughs> trick the devil ever pulled uh, was making them all like you. Uh, <laughs> what an episode last week, Ooh, huh? Man, oh, I needed a shower. Oh, Brian, you've been talking about it all week, buddy. I was psyched at that session. <laughs> I had so much fun. <laughs> so much alcohol. It's, well, not that much. <laughs> I came in tonight and you were in the kitchen stuffing your face, just laughing, listening to 175 over oh, again. Oh, man. Well, the end. I was just like me brushing up. Yeah, it's good to brush up. Making sure I knew the final moments. Mm-hmm. And I just stood there with a grin on my face at the, the thought of the way that we absolutely lost it when that thing went down. Four more bears. Four more bears. <laughs> Four, more Four more bears. bears. <laughs> I mean, how could you argue with that? That's a great proposition and a wonderful deal. I mean, three consecutive hits with the bow at the very end. Needed all three. The last one, Natty 16. It was very lucky, and I was very excited. This is episode 176. I'm, and I don't know the answer as I asked this. I'm looking up the correct answer. But do you remember, Grant? Stop cheating. You're such a cheater. <laughs> Sorry, just He's typing said, something totally unrelated. Do you, <laughs> do you remember the first episode from when you entered the camp of Skiergard? Oh, Jesus. I have no idea. I'm going to guess. You're going to guess? Yeah. What do you got? 132. 132. Uh, no. no. It is. Is it higher or lower? It's higher. I think it's like 156. Lower. 141. This is the best radio we've ever produced. <laughs> it is 141. Yeah. Wow. Now, arguably, Nailed 141 <laughs> climbs and misdemeanors. Yes. Uh, episode uh. 140 was Toad to Perdition, where you fought those frost toads <laughs> oh, right. Right. in the right. avalanche. That went well. But, yeah. uh, but the end of climbs and misdemeanors is when Ferrasa flies Does up, the flyover, right? yeah, yeah, because Reconnaissance Man is 142. <laughs> when Lork is in the tree all day. Uh, that, was, that was a thriller of an episode. It really was. It's good. Lork in the right. tree. That was uh, the fly episode of Breaking Bad. It was like it was like watching golf. You're like, okay, it's been another hour. Can you do another uh, check against cold damage? You know, surprisingly enough, though, go back and give that a listen. You learned a lot more information than you could understand at the time. Interpret at the time. Yeah, interpret. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so that was 141. So we're looking at 35 episodes spent breaking down this camp. Right. Crazy. We Crazy. thought this day would never come. You did it, Matthew. <laughs> the march to Matthew. Uh, there was a mechanic, as most of you already figured out, either on your own or more likely from reading the subreddit, um, for when the camp would disband. So there were points that I was tracking, sabotage points and outrage points. Excuse me. Yeah, outrage points. So when you did something well in a quote-unquote right way, you gained a certain amount of sabotage points. When you did things eh, too overtly, like, for example, burning down the silo, killing the People in the silo ruining their food source gained you a sabotage point, but you also gained an outrage point for making such a large display. So an outrage point is bad? Outrage points are bad, yeah. Oh. The more outrage points you gain, the The more more it like... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It just brings them together, like against the small folk. What's the word? We must take them out. Yeah. Um, yeah, We never saw any evidence of that, though. 
No, well, yeah, in certain in certain ways, in certain invisible ways. Uh, <laughs> but, it was, uh, but we didn't see it. They, invisible know, means you don't see it. Little things would happen. Like literally means that after, Matthew just pointed out the flaws of a GM <laughs> that, that did his job poorly, and Troy's answer was it, it was invisible. Well, for, this is what I mean. Like for example, when you got so many outrage points, they gained a bonus to their saves against uh, spells that tried to mind control them. That's really mm. cool. That's oh, that's cool. So Pembroke was walking around in those early levels controlling people left and right. Well, Might after a certain amount of outrage points, they're getting bonuses to those saves, which I thought was so smart because the writers knew there's going to be a wizard in there just trying to have all the farce. That's a really cool them. mechanic. That's yeah. really cool. And so little things like that. Maybe the night patrols would be a little beefed up. There'd be night and day patrols. The, the night patrols uh, with dark vision, the trolls and the wolves, they would be around during the night. Uh, excuse me, during... Yeah, during the day and the night in the towers. So uh, they wouldn't just have the towers manned during the day with people that can't see during the night because that's not really an efficient watch. Right. What, what, were, the, like uh, what were the point thresholds? The point thresholds you? were... Um, so every one outrage point up to six, they get a little bonus to their will saves, a bonus on their perception and survival to track you. That's cool. Uh, at six, the chance of a night patrol discovering your campsite increases by 5%. And does that go for the whole mountain? Like, uh, we felt like our campsite was really far away. Yeah. They could find it? Uh, they could find it, yeah. Okay. But, but it's wow. a very, very low chance. I think it starts out at like a 5% chance, and it starts going up like to 10%. Like each night? Yeah, each night. I was rolling night. each night to see if they found your, oh, wow. wherever you were camping out. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very low chance. Seven at seven outrage points, watchtowers are occupied both day and night. Like I just said, at eight outrage points, the chance of a night patrol increases by another ten percent. Wow. So it just keeps okay. going up. Wow. Uh, and then at ten outrage points, which you luckily didn't get to, the camp is on high alert. Uh, and pretty much whenever you do anything, every combat would have been a double or triple combat. Wow. Um, I completely got this wrong. I thought that like outrageous stuff we, thing. I thought that the stuff that we were doing was demoralizing in a better way. You know, I thought it yeah. was a good thing that we were doing that. You but, were, but those were the sabotage points. And the sabotage well, points. Well, no, sneaky sabotage well. is right. very different from, you know, public displays a display of, of demoralization. Like, yeah. You know, and so uh, I, I thought that what I'm saying is I was wrong in thinking that it was better to even more publicly sabotage it was not it was better to sneakily sabotage and make them think that it's all a poorly run camp right how many outrage points did we end up getting uh seven i counted seven Mm. and before that last fight you had 15 you needed 20 to make the camp sabotage points yes 20 sabotage points and uh i think the herseer gave you three and the wicker man gave you two so oh wow! So we, did they? What was the what was the thing we did that did, they gave us the most sabotage points? The Hersier? Uh The Hersier escape. Well, actually, where the Hersier originally escaped, I gave you two, but those would come away. So you actually only accrued five. I, I hadn't changed this since we uh, finished last week, but you would have gained two outrage points if the Hersier had fully escaped. So I only got five. Uh, I don't want to tell you too much, but little things like uh, no, no, no. what was the best thing we did. Let me tell you the worst thing you did. <laughs> Feyraza flying around saving slaves in the mines. Because they were all just like, Phew! they started lighting off their uh, skyrockets. Yeah. It didn't work. And they're like, what is going on? And it, it alerted the camp yeah, yeah. more to your presence. Worth the it. best thing you did was killing Debellos uh, yeah. and the Herseer. Uh, you know, you gained one point each for those first few towers. And then I stopped giving you uh, points for sabotaging. Yeah. Uh, really, you would get it for killing the Frost Giant. Who was Debellos again? Is that the... 
brewer? The, no, the, uh, the, the forge daughter of Ergothoa in the uh, temple. Oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Oh, oh. She had to go. She yeah, had to she go. She did. She did have to go. <laughs> but you hit it, and I literally, I didn't know that was, as, a, as you were fighting the Herseer and the Wicker Man, I was like, I got to see how many outrage points. I think this is going to get them to like 18 or 19. And then I realized I got you due to 20. And so that's when I started uh, talking about the camp watching you so I could tie it all in. Uh, at the end, but very cool. You guys did good. I I thought you would get more outrage points because some of the things you did were just too overt. Yeah, you wanted to have a little more subterfuge, at least at first. Um, but at the end of the day, you you guys. Uh, How many outrage points is there in the in the book in the module for the shit covered oranges? <laughs> you actually gained an outrage point uh, because you you did that big flame strike spell yes. and everyone saw it they were like what the hell is going on over there and so you gained an outrage point for that uh, you could have gained up to 20 outrage points wow, wow. so you're telling me that Peraza was responsible for most of the outrage points yes that's <laughs> excellent oh, man. I can't even tell you what these outrage points do at the end because it's it's too much information okay but I do like that. maybe uh, when we finish the book you'll let us know Doubt no, it. No. When we finish <laughs> yeah. the adventure, Actually, maybe. No, I, I could tell you at the end of book four, for sure. Okay. Um, but not, not before then. Stop asking. Um, not before. Let's talk about the two newly leveled yeah! players. Yeah! Welcome, Feyraza and Pembroke, to the 11th level club. Dun, 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 <laughs> it's an exclusive club. Uh, I think you'll find it quite comfortable. Uh, what do you got there, Matthew, for an 11th level straight up Drew it. I can cast level six spells now. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it. We'll see you next week. I'm done. <laughs> I am, I am done. done. Sixth level spells. Yep. How many of them? One. That's, one, that's one, enough. One, one plus one domain spell. And right? can you change that daily? Yeah. It's not like, my, a, not my domain not spell. Like a wizard, you just choose it and that's your spell. Can yeah. you do it that way instead? No. <laughs> so I just know what that spell is going to be. Tell you what, if you let me, if you let me uh, not have to choose any of the other levels, definitely. All right, you win. Uh, here's what I'd like you to do. Every time you prepare a six-level spell, can you write it on a little piece of paper and slip it to Joe? Can I just show on my screen? <laughs> I don't trust you. <laughs> is it the same thing? He wants a record of it. I, wanna, paper no, I think trail. what you mean is you don't trust Joe. I, yeah. <laughs> Either of us. Uh, Any of us. And I don't really don't trust anyone. Can you write out a piece of paper and mail it to all of GCP Nation? Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I don't want to ruin. I'm not asking for too much. I don't want to ruin anything, Matthew. But I'm not as familiar with the Divine Spellcaster list. Are there Me any six-level spells that you've gotten excited about? Give us a little taste. Well, Wet our whistles. Um, I have no idea because we haven't rested yet, so I don't have to worry about that for at least another 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, however, I can tell you about my domain spell. Mm. My sixth level domain spell. It's called Repel Wood. Oh, it's working for me. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. oh, man. <laughs> Matthew, why? Why? I didn't, get to cho- I didn't really have a choice there. You set him up. I did. <sighs> Waves of energy roll forth from you, moving in, that di- in the direction that you determine, causing all wooden objects in the path of the spell to be pushed away from you to the limit of the range. Wooden objects larger than three inches in diameter that are fixed are not, not affected, but loose objects are, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Objects are repelled at the rate of 40 feet per round. Holy wow. shit. Wooden shields, spears, wooden weapon shafts and halves, arrows, bolts are pushed back, dragging those carrying them along. Oh, Wait a minute. Wow. So if someone has a quiver full of arrows, the, the quiver moves the, the person carrying the arrows? No, it, and I think they have to, if, they're not, if they're holding the arrow, then yeah. Right, right. But if it's just in its... They probably just would blow away. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oh. Well, it's still awesome that they blow away. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they're an archer. You can, you can, yeah, a creature being dragged by a shield can loose it as a move action and drop it as a free action. 
Wow. Yeah. Cool. Hell wood. Fun spell, right? We gotta go to the lumber yard, buddy. We gotta go to the lumber yard. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> the next part of this adventure is all stone. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I got stuff for that, too. Stone cutting. Stone cutting. Like, finally, finally. You gotta make me, give me a check. I don't want to do it. Give me a check. I don't want to do it. Is it a spell or a spell-like ability? You tell me, Troy. <laughs> what is your stone cutting bonus? Uh, plus two or plus four? You, I don't know because you never give it to me. I know, but what is your total? <laughs> he gave up asking. What is your total stone uh, to notice unnatural stone? Plus two, and I'm supposed to have a check to notice if I pass within 10 feet of one, whether I'm actively looking or not. Yeah, but it's plus two to your perception. Right, so what's the total? What's the total? Plus three? <laughs> four? I'm going to write uh, plus 20 four. total. Plus 20, not too shaboni. Uh, Matthew, anything else cool with this character I'm about to kill? Uh, I got a cool feat. Ooh. Oh, that's right. 11th level feet. Oh, 11th level feet. Were you uh, hemming and hawing about this, or were you I planning was. this? I had, well, no, I had two that I was... I was the one I didn't choose was... Uh, I can't remember, like quick wild shape basically you can wild shape as a swift action oh, oh man dude so good but check this one out I just thought this one was so much cooler lame <laughs> uh, as an immediate it's called divine interference as an immediate action when an enemy within 30 feet hits an ally with an attack you can sacrifice a prepared divine spell or if you're a spontaneous caster an unused spell slot and make the enemy re-roll the attack roll yeah the second attack roll takes a penalty equal to the level of the spell you sacrifice. Yeah, you can just burn amazing. a first level spell and have them re-roll an attack? Yes. However, that only takes a minus one penalty. So if I sacrifice a six level spell, it takes a minus six. And when do you have to do it? Like when the roll hits? It's in, yeah, it's an immediate action. Okay. No, sure. But like look at what happened to Forebears. Yeah. He, only a natural 20 could hit him. He rolled a natural 20. You could burn a level one spell and there'd be a good chance the next attack doesn't hit. Wow. That is really cool. Wow. Uh, let me ask you this. What book is that from? Ultimate Magic. Ultimate Magic. Wow, so classic. It's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. cool. Cool feat, right? I like it, yeah. I mean, I, was, I really, I, like, being able to swift action wild shape would have been really clutch, but this is just so cool. Hey. But I also really like support feats, too. Yeah. Like things you know can help your allies. For is always sure. fun. It's also just awesome to screw over Troy. And force them to re-roll. <laughs> yes. That's what the I have real to, bonus. In your example, Joe, though, would I have to re-roll the 20? Yes. Yeah. It's oh, an yeah, attack it's roll. re-roll, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so if you, if you, you hit, must if you, take the second result. If you hit a natural 20, I would, like, that would be the perfect time to do it because I can negate the crit. I don't. I don't so like what it. level of spell do you have to <laughs> And expense? you can do it as many times a day as you want as long as you have spells available? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> but Matthew, you're gross and your gameplay is gross. <laughs> and I want you out of my table. <laughs> well, but, all, to be fair, all, I, all Faraza really can do is cast spells, so... <laughs> all, all that you have to do, though, Troy, is to keep him 35 feet away from the combat. And yeah. then the feet Oh, that's is true. Useless. He doesn't have to be in range. So, Matthew, just do what Grant does. <laughs> and you'll be fine. <laughs> just play like Grant. We're having fun. Skid, tell me about Pembroke, the potent um, professor. Even more potent now. Yeah, yeah. He, is, he can also cast six-level spells. Uh, I, have, I have another feat. I don't know what it is. And I have <laughs> six-level spells. And I still need to figure out what my... Uh, my special, my bonus spell is for my. I, I still don't know what that is yet. So, all right, so you're, Pembroke's going to figure this out. Yeah, he's going to slowly remember this part of him. Yeah. Yes. Was Pembroke in a past life? He was at this level, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. higher. Well, not past life, but a, a younger man. Younger, yeah, definitely. So it makes sense. It's just kind of slowly mm-hmm. remembering these things. I like it. Great. See you another in another life, brother. Another life, brother. Another sixth level spellcaster. I would have awesome. loved it if Pembroke <laughs> unfolded in a way where he didn't remember how to use Orisons, but he had six level spells first. Like his powers came back out of order. That would have been really fun. Yeah. All right. All right. Very cool. As what about say. hit points? Yeah, did you guys roll hit points with your old buddy Troy? Yeah, we, we did. did. Oh. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Damn <Wow>. it. <laughs> Why didn't did you do that, that on air? I think we did. 
I don't know. I think we did it off here, but you know what? It wasn't exciting. (laughs) Uh, Did anybody get max? I got seven. Okay. Out of eight. Okay. Indeed. All right. So you finish this combat. The Wicker Man crumbles as the entire camp watches on. Her seer. Dead. (laughs) (laughs) We got frost giants. We've got ogres we've got trolls we've got some wolves maybe even some of the slaves were carrying wood back to the place where they were bringing wood that <laughs> <laughs> immediately gets repelled out of their hands the lumber what? mill what is happening the lumber mill uh and they're all just watching in awe of this fight why because they know of you guys you guys have been wreaking havoc for two weeks at this point i think and they've heard tell of you there are dummies made up to look like every single one of you, with the exception of forebears. In the mind, someone or something has prior knowledge of you. Had word reached Skiergard from Minderhall's Valley? Watch out for the guy with the handbanger. Watch out for the flying girl and the flying man. Or is there some other force that maybe caught, saw you and said, let's make dummies. Let's practice. Either way, they know who you are, and they just watch you take out their chieftain, their sub-chieftain, and this statue that has been a, a symbol to them. And so they start to lose their minds. There's looting. There's running. There's people just, just straight up walking out of camp like, fuck this. I'm gone. I'm done. Grabbing some slaves, maybe, sometimes. It's, it's getting ugly. It's like at the L.A. riots. <laughs> and you're just left standing there as this, as this effigy burns. And I imagine four bears. Did you land the killing blow, four bears? Sure did. I imagine you just watching this thing, the fire, slowly start to fade out on the Wicker Man. And getting lost in that flame for a moment. And as you kind of get entranced in that, it triggers a memory for you. And that slowly dwindling fire turns into another fire. A campfire burning in the dusk light. Looks like the sun's fallen behind the horizon, leaving a deep red sky in its wake. You know those skies, those Dallas skies, Grant? Big skies in (laughs) Texas, man. Big skies. We pull out and we see four bears, an adult, sitting next to this campfire on the edge of a ridge, just overlooking all the lands below. And beside him sits a boy, might be about 14 years old, and another boy closer to five or six. The older of the two boys leans near the fire and uses a knife to peel away a chunk of the rabbit meat that's cooking over the fire flips the meat into his mouth catching a bit of grease as it drips from his lip maybe he rubs his shirt on it and then smiling he looks to his father and says come on tell it again dad you know the tale four bears responds I know but, but, but now we're here right in the spot where they spoke to you Mom, we're not here to relive the past. We're here for your future. The turn of the season will mean your vision quest is upon you. And you must be ready. That and this place is not as safe as it once was when I was your age. 
The Sklarqua roam these lands, and we must keep our senses sharp. But if I'm to prepare, then wouldn't the best plan be to hear of your quest? Please tell it again, Papa. <laughs> the younger boy pleads. After Forebear's hairs, the voice of his youngest son, his features soften a little, and he smiles. Okay. But this is the last time. Imagine the camera, like, pans away from this scene. And then it comes back in, and we see that exact same ridge. But now it's many, many years ago. As a bear approaches a much younger forebears, whose eyes are closed in fear. Well, aren't you a tall one? The bear says. And the boy slowly opens his eyes. But much too stringy to make a good meal. <laughs> the bear then sits back on its haunches and levels its eyes with the boys. How? You have much to learn, human, about where you come from and where you will go. Much of it you will have to learn yourself, I'm afraid. I am simply a messenger, here to show you how to step on the path of your destiny. Your path stretches far behind you, farther than you can see or imagine, and continues forward around many steep curves. It crosses swift rivers, climbs frozen peaks, and drops steeply into the darkest woods. You have been frolicking beside it as a child long enough. Who are you? That you will also have to learn yourself, for I am just the first. The first of four, and four is a number you must remember. For there are four trials along your path. Four times you will be tested, and four times you must succeed. I only know the first of these trials. The trial of loss. You, my young friend, must lose everything. More than you have. More than you have imagined you would ever have. And yet you must survive. The boy shudders and looks around, and the bear is gone. But he doesn't even remember seeing the bear leave. Had it been a dream? A fog has rolled in by now, and it's followed by, like, a cold rain. The boy begins to shiver as afternoon quickly passes into evening. When the rain finally stops, the clouds part to reveal a sky clear and covered with stars. His grandmother speaks with stars. Had always talked about the life-giving power of stars. She'd say they lit the night so beasts could be hunted for food. They provided the maps the people used to find the grazing fields, the water, and each other. But they had deeper secrets, too. They were beautiful to him in that moment, but he was also hungry and cold and tired, and his thoughts turned to his groaning stomach. 
and slowly his eyes close again. You are smaller than I expected. He startles awake. The stars still overhead provide just enough light to see only the shadow of another bear standing some distance away. Almost looks small against the giant dark trees. Young forebear starts to pull himself up as the bear speaks again. I thought you'd look mightier. I'm the strongest boy in my tribe. I'm sure you are. Strength flows in your blood. And that's why I've come to speak with you. The trial of blood. The trial of blood? Yes. The blood of your ancestors gives you great strength. But your enemy will use it against you. Your strength will become their weapon and you will be left only with your spirit. The boy thinks for a moment, trying to puzzle out the trial and what the bear means. I don't understand. You will. And with that, the bear turns and disappears into the bushes at the base of the trees. We come back, and again we see four bears, a grown man sitting beside the campfire with his sons. The next day brought on the serious hunger, and I was running low on water. As I told you, you must ration carefully. Yes, I, I know, Father, but the, 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 the third bear. What about the third bear? Before four bears can respond, he hears the thin voice of his youngest. Papa, where have the stars gone? As four bears follows the gaze of his son, he sees that indeed a black cloud has obscured the lower parts of the eastern sky. But he knows there were no clouds on the horizon only an hour ago. Forebear stands, rising to an impressive height over his children, and realizes the black cloud is smoke. Father, his oldest says, it's it's coming from home. Grab your things, Forebear says urgently as he swoops the younger boy up and onto his back. They gather only what they will need, and in great haste, the three disappear into the tree line. Slowly, the sounds of their footsteps fall away. And as they depart, we're left only with the hum of insects and the cracking and hissing of the campfire. Until soon thereafter, the wind carries with it the screams of humans and the war cries of giants. And now Forebears is back looking at this effigy as the campfire as the fire goes out. So we all saw this. <laughs> it was projected. It was projected on, on the back wall. It's oh, movie wow. night here in Skirgar. Tonight, the trial before me. <laughs> What the? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of the projector warming up. <laughs> right. The projector's on fire! Oh, no! No! The, uh, the, yeah, the fire set off uh, the fireworks. The, the loose fireworks. <laughs> wow. They were planning a surprise party for the Wickham. It was loaded with M80s. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. <sighs> it brings you back, four bears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just seeing that fire smoldering there, it's like... 
fire and brimstone, man. He probably thinks of that every time he sees fire. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he thinks about it every day. I'm sure he had certain thoughts as Baron burned alive in that cage. Oof. As Pembroke ran in to save him. Yeah. I mean, he had no hesitation whatsoever. That natural one was incredibly lucky, but he was ready to just get put in the cage because he was like, I'll get him out. You know, it was just kind of put me in because I'd rather be in and fighting my way out than on the outside looking in. You must survive. Now, you're here, and yes, you've won a big victory, but... And the Giants, as I said, are mostly disbanding and going about their business, looting, pillaging. But this isn't exactly the safest place in the world to be. It's not like you blink and the camp's empty. What do you want to do? Uh, Well, I was thinking that we should probably take off and wait for everything to clear out and then move forward. Strike again. Oh, yeah, Go I back think we to should get camp. out of here. Yeah. We have the means to do it. We can't teleport out of that. But, but we're all flying. We can all fly, so. Yeah. I can also, gri- I think we should also search the Herseer's body real fast. Yeah, Not a bad idea. Yep. Yeah. Do that quickly. I don't think we, we don't have time to go anywhere near the longhouse. I know that much. We have to get right <laughs> to camp. Yeah, there's not a lot of time, Joe. <laughs> I want my gun. Give me back my gun. Give me back my gun. Give me back my gun. Oh my god! Is, is that the longhouse is on fire? Yeah. Oh, oh my no. god! That wall of flames—it lit it up. I want my gun now. Someone cast resist. You search <laughs> longhouse on me. The herseer, uh, Gregonor, they call him. Called him. Looks, Called him is right. Yes. Looks like he's got a glaive on him. Large glaive. Doesn't look to be magical. Uh, Spell glaive. Uh, H M G L A I V E T. So I spell it correctly. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome, good buddy. Uh, question. Yes. Behind the curtain question. Behind the GM screen question. I'll it. This dude had improved critical feet. Uh, yes. Yeah, That's be, why he his glaive crit, crit 19, 19 to 20, 20 and times 3. He also had staggering critical. Oh. oh. So he's like he, when you crit, you can machine. choose to, uh, I think in lieu of the damage or something, you can choose to just have them be like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's not in lieu of the damage, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's in addition cr- to I can't remember. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I had, uh, I ran a campaign where a fighter got to super, super high level and built around critting got to improve critical and then had like bleeding critical or something like that at yeah. a really high level and it was just so so brutal yeah it's it's definitely no joke I think you start with critical focus and then improve critical I mean it's a fun way to go yeah Matthew you built a character like that once right with like a 19 to 20 or 17 to 20 or is that Della Della was basically keen she them. had things that she had keen, keen weapons, and yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I was saying when did I take something to level 20 <laughs> yeah no I don't well no Joe's oh no you're, you're talking uh, about my guy in Jade Region and Oh, yeah. Is he built around... Cr- oh, yeah, now... Oh, he has improved Chris. critical, yeah. and he has a Because that's, that's the only so, way he hits, right? Right, so now... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. He either misses or crits because it's 15 to 20. Wow. And he misses a lot of the critical threats. Right. Like, misses Because the ACs the are so high in jo- book five. Joe built that character around his strengths, which is not having to roll. So <laughs> he's, just, he's just become a total tank. Yep. And then... Critting at random moments. <laughs> 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 he has a, uh, a magical breastplate. Uh, which is obviously giant size. He has a magical belt 
on him. Ooh. And belts are wondrous items, so you don't have to worry about resizing them. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, he also has a signal horn and a key. Take it oh, all. Take, it, take all. it all. Take it all. The glaive is not magical. The glaive is not magical. I so want really it all or nothing at all except for the glaive. Um, that. And, and we're taking it all. So ba- leave the glaive. Take the Baron, curly. you you can still fly. Or is that, do you have flight on you? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Okay. Um, Pembroke dashes over to you and grabs you and he says like, he says, go, get your gun. See if, if you can find it, if it's still there. And he casts invisibility on Baron. <laughs> Wow. Go, go now. Wow. Invisibility on Baron. Baron, talk to me. Uh, Baron looks at this wizened sage's eyes, who's seen so much more of the world than ever he could ever hope to, mm-hmm. and can do nothing but say, look after the rest of them, and flies off. <laughs> flies off. Goes to, like, the back door where you guys escaped mm-hmm. uh, where I, to you know, chase the Hersier. I probably have a good idea of where I dropped it or where it might have happened right about. So wherever the closest point of ingress is. Let me ask you this. Are you stealthing? Are I'm you doing anything? Oh, you're invisible. invisible. Yeah. Okay. You walk in through that secret door fly that in. you guys found. Fly in. You fly in. Invisible. <laughs> you notice that the frost giant that was in there is no longer there. That's not too surprising to you. The giants are going every which way. You go over to where you <laughs> drop the gun. Roll a perception check. Moment of truth. Stone counting, please. Just kidding. Is the gun made of stone? The- oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just roll in your beer. He just—he threw the die right into his full beer. I've never seen that before. Grant, what'd you roll? Do you want me to go with what's in the beer? Where's your wait? Oh, just hand beer. me the beer because I want to see if I can read it. Oh my God, through the beer. That was incredible. It's a ten. It's a ten. <laughs> it was a ten. It was an empty glass. <laughs> it was a new. The chances new, of that happening. A new threshold for Grant's destructive rolling has been reached. Wow. It's a solid four inches from his dice tray. <laughs> Come on, Grant. So that's uh, he was like just high enough to get it in there. That's why I shouldn't pour into solo cups before I have my beer. I just drink out of the tiny hole where a guy came It was like, shows that you don't even think. You just throw it up in the air. <laughs> it was like that Arrested Development with the, sea, the blind dog like jumps into the trash can off of the, the vet's table. That was, the, that was the best thing I've ever seen. What is the total perception. 28. 28. You go there and you remember, you remember, you have a a very good dwarven memory exactly where Della exploded. Your gun, this is the first time your gun exploded. You remember, you remember them all. You still have a chunk of your gun with you, yes? Yes. And you look and the part that's missing is right around the area where you etched name into it. Oh, I weakened it through my sentimentality. It's for the weak! Yes, you, you, you made it. That was his weakest <laughs> That's point. That was good, Grant. That was good. <laughs> and you look down, and you're looking all around, and it's gone. You can't find it. Oh, no! He did it! He, he did, did it! it. <laughs> he did it! He found a way. <sighs> you failed Della twice. Yep. GMs find a way. At least I didn't drag her body off with a weird undead dragon or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> the fans still hate you. I didn't do What's it. her mother doing? Tell me now. <laughs> Everyone's furious at you. <laughs> Don't drop that plot thread for 40 episodes. All right, uh, so Baron, if that's... I, I think I'm going to signal from old Troy that I can't find the gun. I mean, a 28 is a pretty good perception. Detect magic. Looking for the magic on my gun. I know the magic well. You detect magic. Are you still flying? Yeah, yeah. You check magic, uh, and you do detect magic. 
Uh, it's out around the area of the throne. I'm going to look around the throne. Yeah, this came up before. Remember, it was magical, right. and we never really had yeah. time to inspect it. Uh, okay, roll a perception check. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'd also like to roll for traps. I'm going to use a different die because the main one is covered in suds. Are you rolling for traps first? Uh, yes. Sorry. Uh, 23 for traps. 23, you don't see any traps. God damn it. What an <laughs> awful night for my die. Uh, 23 again. 23 again. Mm-hmm. For the listeners at home, he threw one landed in his computer. The other one almost rolled off the table. <laughs> <laughs> so you fly over to the Herseer's makeshift throne, and you first look. Obviously, you're being very careful. Any traps? You don't see any traps. And you keep looking, and you see what looks like a secret compartment. Oh, oh stone cunning. In the, concealed in the seat of the throne. Okay, um, I'll reach for it. If I've detected trap, there's really nothing else I can do unless detect alignment would let me see something from there. It's alignment, nothing. All right, open it. You open it. The floor drops out, <gasps> but you're floating. Thank God. Oh, wow. And you just see a black hole leading. Oh, my God. I mean, tens and tens of feet down. You don't wow. even see the bottom, but you're floating directly above it. Oh, wow. Like roll, the, roll hover check. Yeah. Hover check. <laughs> it's like, uh, man. With dark vision, can I see the bottom? Uh, you got 60 feet? Yeah. You can. And you see... My gun. Perfect. You see... I think it? <laughs> you see multiple spikes. A 50-foot oh, drop wow. and multiple spikes. Oh, fatality. And it's, it was like a uh, 20-foot spread. So it could have gotten a bunch of people. It could have... Yeah, someone was like... You, you imagine you're all standing there. I didn't see any traps, guys. And you're all huddled around. You open it. You all fall. Did he miss wow. the trap? Yeah, he missed the it, trap. It is a trap, yeah, right? It's DC yeah. 25 perception to find the trap. Wow. wow. Poorly but because you're those. flying, you're hovering there, and you do open it up, and you see some shit inside this throne. Maybe mm-hmm. the Mercier's secret stash. Oh, yeah. Nice, dude. Right. You see a... New gun. A new gun. <laughs> he had a gun. <laughs> he elected not to use it. Yeah. That's like an M16. It's going to rocket launch. Well, <laughs> he, invested, RPG. he invested all his feats in that critical with the glaive. So, you know. <laughs> why, why use a gun? Yeah. You see a velvet pouch that has, Ooh. it looks like it has some rings inside of it. Ooh. Oh, maybe you're interested in rings. Uh, two potions. No, excuse me. Three potions. Three potions. And a bone scroll tube with a scroll in it. Nice. You also see a wand. Oh. 130 platinum pieces. Oh, yeah. And 5,270 gold pieces. Oh, wow. wow. If only you could get it out of there. A well, he has the bag. He has the giant. I have a bag of holding. Bag of holding. Oh, you have it. Yeah, he always beautiful. has the bag. Oh, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's a great haul. That is a great haul. Velvet pouch with two rings, three potions, a scroll case with a scroll, a wand, and some cash. Yeah. Yes. Almost makes up for the sting of losing yeah. your only weapon. Right. <laughs> Multiple weapons, Matthew. Of course, I never gave Sir Will the crossbow of Giants, babe. Because <laughs> I hated him. Oh, uh, no. Uh, and now he's dead. Uh, now, whoa. And now he's Another dead. Another plot thread that's just hanging out there, Troy. And you take my gun. All right. Uh, he's so, not dead. He just is in jail. Um, okay, so Baron will not. It would be ridiculous for Baron to be like, all right, let me check what's in this pouch now. Let me see this wand. Let me do some spellcraft check. <laughs> 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 As the building burns. Baron, come me. back. <laughs> Thank you very much. Baron has left. The building. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so bad news, gun, gone. Gone. Not like I can't find it. Gone. Uh-huh. The part that says her name on it. It's in my hand. Oh, no, that's just the part that's gone. Yeah, the part with her name is gone. Maybe you see like the, a little bit of the D or a little bit of the A. And to the clarify, end. without that part, it seems 
beyond my powers of mending weapons. Beyond your powers. Wow. Nothing, nothing he can do, Grant. But you do find a pretty sweet haul and avoid a possibly uh, brutal trap. Well, it's time to craft an M16. I fly out of there. You fly back, and your friends are gone. Oh, no. No, what are you, are you guys just chilling? We all go back to the no, camp. No, I, I bet you it took that long to get large armor off of a hearseer. Large, heavy armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Forebears just grunting like, oh, son of a bitch. I think it takes five minutes. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. You know, you named yourself after after a trial, right? Why didn't you call yourself Plessy V. Ferguson? That's what I would have named you. (laughs) Doesn't have the same ring to it. No, not quite. Let me ask you this, Skid, role-playing-wise. Let's say some of these giants start to edge a little too close to you guys. Do you or anybody else do anything to be like, back off, jerks? Yeah, uh, I do. Like, if they do come too close, like we're hovering around, like I look around and I recover what's left of my youthful aspect, pull myself up tall, and say, Be gone! Be gone! Treacherous cowards! We will destroy you as we have destroyed your leaders! Go and you will find mercy! Stay and you will find not but death! And they just like okay, sorry, right. oh, sorry, right. sorry, <laughs> my bad. We just, just wanted to see if you were I, serious. I thought he, I, he owed me five golds. I'm, not, I'm just gonna let it. I'm gonna write it off. <laughs> you hear them saying, was, "Was is not but death mean death? No, no, that means that was we're that fine a death? Not with an A. Well, no, it's fine. An A. I I only have a three intelligence. I think it means they'll kill. Look, we should go anyway. Della will. Della is gonna draw. Della. I'm sorry. Wow. Draw talk, Della's flaming scimitar. Feyraza draws Della's flaming scimitar. And immediately takes a, a permanent negative level. For the first time she drew, drew that scimitar since the end of book three. And you take it and you feel the presence of evil. Mm-hmm. And you take a negative level. And then she's going to chop off the Hersier's head. Oh. <gasps> Whoa! Should just boom. It's probably gonna take a couple, couple swings, couple, couple hacks. Boom. Imagine a head of a frost giant. It looks like you mine. can't imagine. It looks like no, mine. no. It's, it's the same size. Oh well. I guess it's about that. Well, it's like it's gotta be. It's like that scene in Apocalypse Now when they're like sacrificing the the giant auroch. Like the, the oh. cattle, you know, where it's cutting its head off. You know? Oh, yeah. It's just like that a wham, 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 you know. Yeah, so ta-ta, 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 ta-ta. Is it, is the, remind me, is the negative level permanent or is it only when you're wielding the scimitar? As soon as she puts, as soon as she sees the scimitar, the neg- she gets her level back. Now, did she know that no. I was going to do that? So, so you it's felt just like, this- <gasps> like, she doesn't understand. Like, it's like, what the, she, didn't, she didn't expect that feeling. It's right. like cold evil running through her veins. Uh, remind the, me, what happened? It was from the Vault of Thorns. We right. got recovered from the Vault of Thorns. And then when Della, oh. uh, Della and Nestor participated in this, the, uh, the ritual at the at the. That's the, right. By doing uh, Atena's ritual, yeah. it made her. Um, it made it gave it the unholy, the unholy condition. condition wow. Yeah, but then, but we was Wait. that one? Of, that was one of the last things that we did, right? Before the big fight. Before the big fight. Yeah, okay. it was the last thing we did. That's the, right. That's right. Yeah. So Faraza, well, once she finishes her task, we'll, we'll sheath it and then seek to her exam- examine herself and realize that it was the sword and she's binding it. Right looks around but you hear you do feel a presence of great evil even though Della was the one that took the act the the spirits that created this unholiness are still alive in that blade dark stuff 
You get the head off. You get the armor. You get the loot from that longhouse. Where do you go from here? Everybody's flying? Everybody's flying. Let's yeah, go. I think. Uh, this group, direct flight. Those, yeah, direct flight. He's a camp. He has a layover in the longhouse. Baron does. Yes. Mm. <laughs> the rest of us, we eventually make it back. We'll meet there for cocktails. And Faraz will take the head and her talons and carry it like towards the crowd of giants and just drop it in on them and then fl- and then fly away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, handsome up close. Twenty-one points. Twenty-one points. <laughs> outrage. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that not outrage? Dropping yeah, that- the head of their leader. <laughs> yeah. Where is camp now? Are you still using this spike tent up behind yep. the yeah. statue of Fremir? Yeah, yeah. the okay. upper camp. So yeah. we like to call it now. The but new then, upper but camp. But like, people are milling about. Do they? I, I mean, only you're invisible. Maybe you're invisible. He wears off. Like, are they just seeing? Like, they just went over those trees and then disappeared. Or do you go down and then back up? Yeah, we like circle around circle the back around. of the mountain. Okay. and like come through the woods. All right. So they don't. See are there you slaves? I forgot to ask. Are there slaves? You said there are slaves around camp. So as the camp's disbanding and you guys are flying over there, you see that some of the stronger slaves among them, the 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 frost giants that were. Uh, Posted to guard aren't there anymore. So the strongest among the slaves are like picking the the, the lock and raising it up, and the the doors to the slave pen are open, and they're just rushing out of the camp. Not all of them made it. There are some dead slaves laying about the pen. There are some dead slaves not too far outside of the pen that maybe they got blindsided on their way out, and you would assume that some have been taken as thralls. Troy, dead slaves, the valley. I love <laughs> killing slaves. <laughs> oh, don't man. use that joke. Out of <laughs> yeah, don't cut that. <laughs> oh my God! Yep, Grant, cut that out. Imaginary <laughs> slaves that make these characters feel bad for failing. That yeah. part is not going to make it Please in the edit. Please put that in the. <laughs> not making it better. Yes. Um, going in the teeth. It's interesting. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Bottle cap. Uh, it's interesting you uh, you bring up like where is a sensible place for us to to rest and camp right. now. Uh, the other place that popped in my head makes no sense. It's with the base where we were to begin with because there's going to be like dozens and dozens They're of They're going to be fleeing that way. They're all coming yeah. down that way. So this is our camp now. This is our camp. Yeah, nobody's going up. It's a club med reopened. <laughs> you we get could, up. We could go sleep someplace warm like the, the, the brewery or something like that. Like we're Yeah. That's yeah. true. Well, you do actually, see people running in and out of the brewery. Be, They're probably taking the beer that's left over. That's poison. It would actually be better to like take the stuff from the camp and bring it down so that we don't have to expend spells and powers in the morning to get back down. That's a good idea. If we do it now, yeah, find like a building that's been abandoned and isn't like on fire, maybe, and spend the night there instead. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do see people picking about these buildings. Because so they're looting. They're looting. So there's a chance. There's like mm. me, like, well, maybe we can go over there into that where we fought those those stallion creatures. Maybe hide in the stable. But how long until someone comes in there? We go uh, plant the spike t- the spike somewhere around camp if we don't. Besides, it's too risky. Yeah. Right now, you feel safe, albeit cold. Yeah. Um, all you probably fired up about this victory. Let me let me get the sense of what's happening as you're as you're figuring out what to do for the night. Like, what happens next? What happens next? Obviously, you want to let some time pass, probably, mm-hmm. to see how this all plays out. But, like, what happens next? Baron's got to work on uh, growing parts of his beard back. He's literally had parts of his beard singed off. Right. He looks he's like, foolish. He's missing parts of his eyebrows. His ponytail's a mess. He's got to rebraid that ASAP. <laughs> uh, but the thing that is just most, he hasn't felt since he was, like, 13 years old. 
like the softness of the skin on his face and he touches it and just wonders how much more he can take on his own shoulders um, with the help of everyone else and, and as a team but she's been through it a lot and being burned alive was traumatizing and in that moment he probably remembers seeing Umlo Nargrimkin for the first time in the tent mm-hmm. when he was being pulled from the bear baiting and he had chunks of his beard taking out because the orcs were doing it just to fuck with him because he's a dwarf and remember how shitty Baron felt seeing yep. that he's like yeah, the beard is our pride and now you have the same uh, spotty like a Joe beard. Yep. <laughs> really crappy Irish beard. <laughs> Reddish crappy beard. And as he's feeling around the beard, he has kind of five rings of Toreg for the five kings found in his beard. He, right. he realizes one of his rings is missing. Oh, oh, wow. And they don't hold any power, but they're a symbol and an, an icon of his god and the deity forces and kind of a bedrock symbolically of what he believes in. And it's fallen away. There's a chip in the armor. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's making him think again of Umlo because Umlo was forced to go back and fight for the Circumit Panem, the entertainment of the orcs in that camp. Um, and although it's his own decision in a way, Baron feels compelled similarly to go back and fight no matter what happens to him in there. Mm-hmm. And with his powers and forebears powers and potions and whatever else he's similarly like healing himself back up to help to just go back out there and fight again as the spiritual leader of this group you know you've won a victory here you've definitely won a victory but you have to think just reflecting on the past couple weeks how much you've lost as well yeah you know yeah piece of your gun a ring from your beard also lork sir will (laughs) sorry that was a gun Piece of your beard. Lork. <laughs> Not to mention, that's about in the order of importance. <laughs> yeah. Exactly to me. Um, you've lost friends, you've lost, and, and you know that your friends that are still with you have lost as well. Mm-hmm. Pieces of themselves will always remain in Skiergard. How do you rally this group to keep going? In my head, without talking to anyone, I feel okay about Pembroke because I, I've understood even if I don't understand the machinations and, and the detail and, and the complexities through which he looks at the world I understand that he's on this journey for a choice um, I feel bad for um, Faraza I almost called her Della because <laughs> she's uh, dead yes well you brought it up earlier so uh, <laughs> she's still dead <laughs> I feel bad for Faraza because uh, I think after hearing and knowing that chopped off the head of this Herseer, like Faraz has lost her prophecy. The chosen one's kind of gone. What the hell is guiding her? She might be rudderless in a way. And now she's kind of doing some like borderline shady stuff. And forebears feels kind of a, you know, quiet strength in forebears and really enjoy battling alongside of him, casting heal on him and then fly being cast on me. So that feels dynamic. Um, but I think to, to rally the crew together, um, we just have... To, I think we got to have a good team breakfast, honestly. Mm-hmm. you got to have some flapjacks, mm-hmm. double meat, boysenberry syrup, bacon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, something good. Boysenberry syrup? That's great. It's like, it's like taking, you know, your company out to, like, dinner after a, like, long, hard deadline. Team dinner. 
Troy. <coughs> Troy. All right, <coughs> <laughs> 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 we're going out to eat after this. <laughs> what about a Dairy Queen, guys? <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. That was awesome. Pems. DQ. Pembroke, what what's going through your head here? What's what's what are you thinking about? What's at stake? You've seen a vision of your own death that somehow got you caught up in this adventure that you assume is your last. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think it's come? It's closer than it's ever been. Yeah. I, well, I think Pembroke. I mean, he's seen and knows more than his friends or like the audience, the listening audience, has seen or knows. So he's uh, there's other things going on in his head too, mm-hmm. but. Right now, you know, gathering back, like, I'm sure, like, he's exhausted. He's invigorated, like, because his powers are coming back, like, to an extent that he never expected them to. Like, he's surprised that he's actually, like, working out these muscles that he's, like, some, some, of, his, some of his youth of what he, what he thought he lost is returning. But he looks out, and he says, uh, uh, he tells them, like, he says, we have taken a very important step on the road to victory. But uh, there is still work yet to be done. And he looks out, and he's keeping an eye on the the temple doors, like the, leading into the mountain where we saw the big boss like come out. Like he's saying, because like, I assume we have not seen her leave yet. Have we seen any activity coming out of there? None. The no door, there's like a long staircase that leads up to doors that are built right into the mountain itself, and you see nothing. You don't even see any giants going up there. So he's like. We should keep a watch there, just to be certain. But I think I would be surprised if she left her her lair at this point. I think we will have to go in and dig her out like a tick. And and he definitely wants to. Once he sees what Baron brought back, he wants to look over all those items that he brought with him. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, let's go. Let's roll a spellcraft check. All right, just one. Yeah. Uh, thirty-one, yeah, twenty-seven. That's those two will those two will get the job done. So, I said there were three potions. You got two potions of cure moderate, and a potion of neutralized poison. Ooh, cool, nice. good. Okay, scroll. It's a scroll of protection from energy. The bone scroll tube is worth seventy gold pieces. <laughs> yes. Hey. You also have a wand of slow. Oh, cool. nice. Oh, nice. Awesome. Has 27 charges left. Ooh. Then you open up the velvet pouch, and you see two magical rings inside. Mm. The rings seem to be connected mm. in a way. Okay. Not physically, but they're tied together. Intrinsically linked. One is a jailer's dungeon ring, and the other is a prisoner's dungeon ring. What? Huh. This is what? like this is some BDSM stuff right here. <laughs> a jailer's dungeon ring is worked gold, set with carnelians. The ring is magically attuned to one or more iron prisoner dungeon's rings. In this case, it's tied to this prisoner dungeon ring. When the wearer of a jailer's ring places a prisoner's ring on a subject, the prisoner cannot remove the ring without the use of remove curse, limited wish, miracle, or wish. Wow. wow. The wearer of the jailer's ring can also remove the linked prisoner's ring at any time. 
The jailer is aware of any wearer of a linked prisoner's ring, like a constant status spell. Talk about status in a second. Additionally, all wearers of linked prisoner's rings count as familiar to the jailer for purposes of spells such as scrying and teleport. Cool. So you put this ring on someone, you know exactly what they're doing. You you have a familiarity with their location that you'd have to roll a natural hundred to fail on a teleport there. And in terms of status, status allows you to mentally monitor their relative positions and general condition. So you're avail- you're aware of their like conditions in the Pathfinder sense. Disease, confused, blah, 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 all that. Um, it's very interesting. When would you be able to use it? Who knows? I Who just, would you want to use it on? I think it'd be really cool to send someone in like super stealthy and invisible into the middle of the lair and like find a way to like get up behind the big bad evil guy and just like have Pembroke go whoosh, and we're just all right on him. Like there's all sorts of cool uses for it. Yeah. You'd have to really trust they'd take it off though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. P- I, please take it off. <laughs> I think there's only one person who needs to wear this prisoner's ring. Who's that? Mr. Thomas Exposition. Oh. <laughs> so we always know where he is. Hey guys. <laughs> I love rings. <laughs> I'm more of a bracelet guy myself. <laughs> Puka beads. Uh, Raza, where are you at with all this? Uh, what about the other stuff? What, what other stuff? The breastplate? The belt? Plus one mithril breastplate. Ooh. Nice. What about the, uh, the magical belt? It is a belt of giant strength. Plus six. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. No wonder he didn't want to tell us. No wonder the Hearthseer was laying out damage. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Plus one large mithril Let's give it to Pembroke. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Perfect. I love it. Oh, man. I'm so young again. Strength plus six. Incredible. I think I have one of those in the Rune Lords campaign. Oh, I think my strength plus is six. 30. What is that, 32 Gs? It's worth some coin. Man. It's worth some Nestor coin. Uh, Feyraza, well, you're going over all these magic items, but then you have to have a moment to yourself and thinking, like, what's to come? Where are you at? I mean, again, I think Feyraza is kind of contending with her growing power and mm-hmm. m- m- grappling with the fact that maybe she is the chosen one, uh-huh. possibly. Like, I mean, certainly she's not, the mo- not necessarily the most powerful one here, but she is the one representing that mission and she's the one whose powers are burgeoning and again and again and again we bring about the downfall of, of these evil people these evil not people the, well I guess they are people these evil giants who are intent on world domination and destruction and slavery and death and I think that uns- I think it was exciting to her when she first considered the possibility especially of the, considered the possibility of there being an actual new purpose in life but now it's, I think it's starting to actually be unsettling when she touched that the scimitar and it, it sent that wave of evil through her and mm-hmm. she realized that the you know the, the division the dividing line between good and evil actually is rather razor thin and that she's got to be very wary of that you were sent to find the chosen one the one that would bring balance to the force that would save the world currently you're saving the world maybe yeah part of that search was finding yourself. Or maybe you're maybe. just... You're too wrapped up in it to know. Or maybe my view of the world is limited and there's actually someone else out there doing greater work. 
Maybe. Or maybe you haven't met them yet. Maybe exactly. the treasure was the friends we made along the way. We're the yes. ones we've been lo- waiting for. Mm-hmm. It was within us all along. Wow. <laughs> you just need the audience to believe through your headphones. <laughs> just believe. Close your eyes. Four bears, you have a, a very disturbing vision as this is all uh, in this moment of success. Uh, a vision that, uh, you know, even our listening audience doesn't fully comprehend. But you know what went down there. What's going through your head here, knowing what's to come? I think he is... He's been alone for a long time, and I think that he's focusing a little bit more on the the people around him and how... I mean, it's an incredible battle victory, what we just went through. Mm -hmm. It really stands out, and the people that he's with are really pretty incredible, but it seems like everybody is a little bit a little bit quiet maybe you know what I mean like there isn't a raucous like celebration of this victory which is kind of what he like what he feels like he wants to do Baron didn't break out one of his special ales yet I'm I'm brewing one for this gentleman don't worry about it exactly exactly so yeah so he'll look over at uh, Baron and he sees him sort of pulling at his beard and uh, and you know he notices the missing ring and, and Baron's kind of fingering it maybe Baron's kind of like lost you know, in thought, and four bears will sit down across from him in the tent, just kind of like look across at him, and he just says, "In common, he's like, your beard will grow back. Rings can be forged. Do not mourn that which can be replaced. Take pride." In your sacrifice, you won a great victory today against a dark enemy. Baron just stares back at him. Thousand mile stare. It's not the things that I can replace that I mourn this evening, forebears. It's taken a accounting and a ledger of all the things that I can't. But I'm glad you're by my side. Same with Pembroke and Feraza. Yeah, and he turns to them and says, says, yes, all of you. I, our work to disband this giant camp brings me great joy. And he kind of almost smiles a little bit. He's like, it brings me closer to the revenge I seek I thank you in your tongue and humbly ask that you continue to stay by my side and that we hunt them down and destroy them all with a shield and fighting like you have you have no need to be humbly friend I hope you stay with us to the end I hope I have enough time to grow back my beard and forge another ring, and you have time for your revenge. If I have anything to say about it, you're going to live for a very long time, Baron. I haven't met many dwarves I've liked, but you are dwarf of honor. You fight very well. And that gun is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all in common. 
It's yeah. all in common, yeah. Wow. So, Baron, this is a conversation that you have not had with forebears. You've had broken words or translated words from Pembroke. Been holding out on us. Been holding out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused by it, but just being taken up in the emotion of the moment. Uh, and he probably says, You know, we have a lot of books in the Five Kings Mountains, and I read quite a bit about the prowess of the Shoanti on the battlefield, but I haven't seen a fervor and a fire like you show out there, so you're also a warrior of great honor. And Pembroke, one of the wisest and most intelligent in all of Galarian, Firaza, the way that she can control the earth and converse with animals and turn herself into one as well. It's just... We need all of these fantastic things if we have any chance of surviving any further along this path. But I know that we will. And I promise to stop my morning by, by the morning. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the a.m. hours. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a country side. By, by, by the time the sun rises. Yeah, I promise to stop my morning by the morning. Yeah. Stop my morning stop by, my by morning. the morning. Sounds like a country tune. <laughs> I like All the way he said show auntie. Like, that's how he was at show auntie. Show auntie. Like Korea. Show auntie. So, Pe- yeah, Pembroke just kind of like his eyes wrinkle as he smiles at each of you and then he like turns and faces the door in the mountain again and like wraps his cloak around himself in the whipping wind and just like just staring off at a long staircase leading up to a door built directly into the mountain and you all know that that's what's next and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Who wants pancakes? All right. Four for you. Boys and bears here, both here. Four bears you can eat. You can double your bears. Next week, pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> double your bears. <laughs> Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.